So, Sam, welcome to the Hustling of Houses podcast. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm brilliant, thank you. I'm brilliant. Thank you for coming on, firstly. No problem. Thanks for having me. No problem. So, Sam, for those who don't know you, how did you start in property and where did your sort of journey, yeah, where did your journey sort of start? Yeah, so um, I started by, I was, I was very fortunate to get um, some inheritance. Um, so I bought my first house, which was an absolute shithole. Uh, <laughs> excuse my French. Um, and we absolutely gutted it. Uh, there was like graffiti everywhere, punch holes everywhere, like literally inch thick of smoking tar everywhere. Um, and yeah, just turned it around massively. Um, and then I had a couple of friends come in and rent rooms from me and got that sort of experience uh, and then came to sell it and made quite a significant profit um, and was like, Do you know what, I could do this. I, I could do this again. I could do this more. Um, so, so yeah, went, um, went to one of those two hour workshops, which um, people probably already know, um, got sucked into the dream and was like, right, I'm going to do this. Went home to my husband and was like, signed us up to something uh you're coming with me um and yeah that's we we started doing our property education um but we were really secret squirrel throughout the whole thing uh we didn't tell anyone what we were doing regrettably um and then the rest is history did did those courses came out and just started investing straight away um and then yeah still going yeah was 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 alan best best pleased when you come back and said you'd signed them up or how was he <laughs> Yeah, no, he was a bit like, oh God, what have you signed me up to? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think he, he already had an interest in, in property as well. And, and yeah, he's got quite an entrepreneurial mind too. So yeah, I think in, in, the, uh, in the big picture, he was happy with me. But initially, he was just like, oh my God, what have you signed up for? <laughs> <laughs> that was very similar to me. I did, I did some, some course and stuff like that and kept it very much on the DL. Um, didn't want people to know. And, and like you say, regretfully now yeah um, so where, where is it you invest then sam yeah so our main areas uh we started off in stoke um and our that is our main investment area uh mm -hmm. and then kind of from there we've kind of scattergunned a little bit um mm -hmm. so we've got properties uh in derby in the wirral uh horton the spring um and stockport as well so yeah we um we haven't necessarily stuck to the standard ways they teach you we have yeah. definitely scattergunned yeah and how did you find that investing in different areas has that been has that been okay for you i know some people have struggled some people you know some people just go where the deals are and it makes sense if it makes sense it makes sense doesn't it yeah 100 percent. and that's that's pretty much what we did uh i mean we spent a long time working out stoke as our investment area pounding the streets you know building our investment teams and, and things like that um and then covid hit um and we we used a sourcer to find our property that's just under newcastle um and essentially then then we had a baby uh so we kind of started running out of time to to pound the streets some more so again we use sources um so the ones that are in different areas to to stoke have, have been through sources um just to to maximize our time really yeah. um and we've had some we've had some really good experiences we've had some okay experiences um but we we now feel that we've got the team that we that we need around us to to do that and now that little one's getting a little bit older we are looking to get back to pounding the streets which i'm quite excited about 
Brilliant. So are you looking to continue to use a saucer or a mix and match looking at, you know, going round or what, what, what's your sort of plan moving forward? Because yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, a bit, a bit of a mix and mix and match, to be honest. Um, where we've sort of scattergunned across across the years, um, this year we were like, right, we're headstrong on getting focused, um, and sticking to one, well, two strategies. Um, so HMOs um, will be our main sort of bread and butter this year, um, and then we're looking into property trading as well. Um, so we will be using a, a bit of a mix and match approach. Yeah, yeah, because I think if you if you get a good saucer on board, you you're well away, aren't you? you? You you're absolutely flying. It's just finding that good saucer. Hundred percent, they're worth their weight in gold, you know, because the time they save you, the yeah. time and money, you know, obviously spending on petrol and travel and stuff like that. They yeah, they are really helpful. Yeah, most definitely, especially if you if you're willing to sort of invest wherever the deals are, because I. Funnily enough, I heard you say the Wirral, that's where that's where I invest the Wirral. Oh yeah. Yeah, so um you don't you, you get you get deal sources around here, but obviously if you're just stuck to one area, there's only a, a maximum amount of deals that they can come up with. But if you're sort of willing to, to travel and stuff like that, um yeah, you you're gonna get more, aren't you? But I noticed I did notice when I was looking at your social media that you had all sorts of properties, some that were thirty seven thousand, which I was thinking, where where did these guys invest? <laughs> hence hence the scattergun yeah um but yeah we move we've done we've done very well from scattergunning um but uh yeah this year's definitely the time to sort of hone in on on those strategies that we like i think um but yeah our that was our first property was the thirty seven thousand pound property um and yeah definitely our our best our best buy i think where was that one then that was in stoke really Yeah. yeah yeah Um, and so yeah it was post auction wow yeah that was an absolute belt and that's where that was worth i don't know what it's worth now it's probably worth much more but it was worth 120 in the end wasn't it it was it well yeah it is yeah that's incredible so i know you touched on there sort of you're looking to move on more to your your favorite strategies now what is your favorite strategy hmos and specifically what what type of hmos are you is your favorite yeah so we we've kind of gone from one extreme to the other so we uh we're doing our first high-end HMO this year okay. um, and we're just in the process of finishing that um, and that's working with interior designers and, and things like that so that's really exciting um, and looking forward to seeing how that that progresses mm-hmm. so we want to do that sort of HMO but we also love social housing um, so we want to do a mix of the the high-end and the social housing HMOs yeah. um, I am a big advocate of, of social housing. I think it's brilliant. You know, yeah. it's we always wanted a moral edge to our business to support people, but also, you know, it is, you know, via, viably, it's brilliant because it's yeah. quite hands off. You've got that five year contract. Um, you just have to deal with the little trickiness of, of lenders sometimes. Um, and that's the main sort of sticking point, really. Yeah. Um, but other than that, social housing is brilliant. I love it. Yeah. For people who don't know, then, could you just expand a little bit on social housing? Yeah, of course. Um, So we have done various different types of social housing. So we've got a couple with uh, charities. Um, We've got one with uh, Serco and one with Mears, so a housing provider. Um, And they all work in very different ways. Um, So the the couple that we've got with the charity, one we've done with them that again was very hands-off we just we 
obviously renovated the property, handed them the keys, and that was it. They find the tenants, they pay the bills, they look after all those sort of little bits of maintenance inside. Um, the next one we did, we did it differently just to see how it would work. So we asked them for private rents, rent rates. Um, but the, the sort of flip side was that of that was that we furnished it and we paid the bills. Um, and we just kind of wanted to see how that worked. Um, and actually, the first one was the better, better one. Um, so we've continued that way of working. So with the likes of Serco, the likes of Mears, yeah. um, we've, we've followed that sort of strategy that we hand over the keys and, and they pretty much take care of everything after that. Um, but yeah, the sort of the sticking point, as I've mentioned, is just lending. Um, there is obviously a smaller pot of lenders that, that mm. will lend for social housing. Um, and they just kind of keep moving the goalposts um, every now and again. Um, and you just have to, I think, just hunker down knowing that you're going to be asked lots of silly questions. Um, they're going to just throw some curveballs at you. Um, yeah. But if you can get like a five-year fix and obviously a five-year lease with a charity, then it's it's worth its time in the stress of that because then you've got five years of no stress afterwards so so yeah it's it's worth it in the end yeah it's bizarre isn't it it's typical in typical lender fashion like there's not much more strategies that's going to be certain than that and this and and you know they like to they like to play hard to get sort of thing on it um yeah which is which which is bizarre i just i just don't understand to be honest like because it's guaranteed you know, you've got that contract in place. Um, and I think I think it's just they don't like to be seen to, to mm. chuck a charity out, let's just say. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't understand why they, why they uh, can be yeah. that way sometimes. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but we, you know, lenders are lenders and that's part of the game, isn't it really? That's it. And that makes sense. I've never thought of it in, in that light, to be fair. Um, so how, how are they getting on now then? Do you still stand by their, your, your favourite sort of strategies, the, the social housing ones? Are they, are they working well for you? Yeah, they are our best performing ones. Uh, and yeah, I, lo- I love them. They're brilliant. Um, as I say, we've obviously got our, our new high-end HMO coming onto the market early this year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how that works. We've got a private HMO um, in Stoke as well, but not as high-end as this one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll be really nice to test, test a different market in that respect. Um, but yeah, and then we've got uh, RSA as well and Vitalet and yeah, yeah, lots of different little little pockets. I see. Of I see. You, you got your hands in all all the pies, haven't you? You got your yeah. SA like that as well. Um, so where's the where's the SA? You got where's that operate? Yeah, so our SA is in Stockport, uh, so just under Manchester. How, how does that perform that one then? Yeah, it's good. We're we're in the process of changing changing agents. Um, yeah. Because again, you never quite know until you use someone. You can get all the recommendations under the sun, but you know they might just not quite fit with yourselves. Um, so we've tried one agent, um, and again, it has still been a performing asset. Um, but we're now switching agents um, to someone that I know is going to absolutely kill it and get even better profit margins for us. Yeah, and what is your what is your sort of typical clientele there? Is it is it um, like tourist? Is it contractor? whole mix whole mix yeah it's it's a bit of both to be honest and we get quite long stays as well and where people are coming up and working in manchester and need sort of somewhere to stay um so like month-long bookings and things like that which is not quite what we were expecting but yeah a really nice surprise um 
because yeah those longer bookings obviously are, are more cost effective so right. yeah they're, they're brilliant brilliant and i know obviously you, you guys now have investors on board and stuff like that um how, how did that come about then because obviously you, you're passionate about what you do you've told everyone what you've done is it does it come about from that or how how do you feel you've got investors on board i think there'll be a lot of people listening who that's their goal get investors on board and it obviously speeds up the process and it's a win-win for everyone what would you say are some tips yeah 100 percent. i mean we we've always said it's win-win-win um it's you know win for our private investors because they get um more money on their hard-earned cash and with without having to lift a finger as such uh it's a win for our tenants obviously because then we get to grow our portfolio and you know put more quality housing out there and it's a win for us because obviously we get to to build our portfolio much much quicker um as i said to you at the start we were super secret squirrel about what we were doing at the start and for investor angle that's why i regret being so secret squirrel um because we just didn't tell anyone and we were just you know how how are you going to get private investors if you don't talk about what you're doing um so once we had that sort of mindset shift um we obviously then spoke to everybody and anybody about our business and what we were doing um and it is a real change in mindset you know when especially i don't know if it's just us brits but we sort of feel a bit sort of shy about money and and talking about it um and you know when you're asking for money you almost feel like you're going cap in hand to people you know begging please give us some money um but it's actually it's it's not like that that at all because it is a win-win situation um you know they are getting something out of it and you know we we pride ourselves in obviously beating the banks and and things like that so they're getting more on top of their hard-earned money than they would if they just had it set in the bank um and obviously taking all the the pressure and the hard work away from them you know lots of people would love to get involved in property but it is a hard slog Mm -hmm. um so it's just sort of putting yourself out there to be like we'll take on all that hard work all that pressure and you get the boost in your money for for doing nothing essentially um so that's pretty much the way we've we've worked with our investors um i mean primarily they are friends and family and people that know us quite well um but yeah i mean we've been talking about it on our social media and and yeah trying to boost out to, to other people um and yeah started to talk to some some people through our social media which is really interesting um and yeah just sort of gradually building from there really yeah definitely it is most definitely a mind a mindset shift i i'm the same i've, I've always struggled to even even speak about to people about it and then i, th- I think um with with investors as well so you know a lot of people don't realize how hard it is and it's, it's not a case of just buying a property and you know taking all your money back out there's a lot of moving parts to it isn't there so it, it is a it's a win-win-win for everyone involved definitely 100 percent. and you're right there i think a lot of people just have this preconceived concept that it's oh yeah you just buy it you get the keys oh yeah you just you know you put your you put your dungarees on and you do some painting and it's all good um but it is so much hard work um and yeah you to be a successful property investor you can't just have one or two yeah. like you to make it viable you've got to have that portfolio you've got to build um quite literally um so yeah and i don't think people quite appreciate that so we're we're trying to sort of show showcase that within our social media that you know it is it is hard work 
um and you know we're willing to to take that hard work off your hands and uh and yeah still get give you the, the rewards of it most definitely so obviously friends and family have been um, sort of a massive, a massive one for you and obviously social media you, you're quite active on social media so people are start, starting to filter through that now and, and inquiring to, to invest as well yeah definitely we've had we've had quite a few conversations um through that um i mean obviously we are always open to to more people coming and having a chat with us um as i say it's it's win-win-win and the more investors we can get on board then the quicker we can grow um so so yeah always open to speak to more people yeah most definitely and obviously with that that first deal you did the one that you bought for thirty-seven thousand, i yeah. imagine you took all your money out of that one <laughs> yeah it was quite a, a hefty build because it was a it was a commercial to resi yeah. um so it used to be an old fish and tackle shop um and then we converted it into two duplex flats so it was uh, quite a hefty build um so we didn't quite pull out all all the money um because we spent quite a lot on the build uh but it is it is one of our one of our shining shining lights in in our portfolio that's absolutely crazy that what that, your first deal and you're sort of going straight in for the the big guns yeah um, we, we uh, definitely went yeah. in for the kill <laughs> how was that then to go into that and you, you and you not had any um sort of prior experience beforehand in property and you just went straight in for that one yeah so obviously we we did the the house the sort of flip as such um a yeah. residential house beforehand yeah. um and we did all the courses and through the courses we were just like why 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 is commercial to residential like sort of way up on that pyramid like you know if you've got if you've kind of got the balls to do it it makes sense yeah. you know there's there's less competition um as long as you've got some strong support around you and um, we definitely pulled in some some help from mentors and guidance and things like that um and our power team we we were just really lucky to find an amazing power team very very quickly um you know solicitors and brokers have sort of been on the bench let's say but we were very lucky to get a brilliant architect and a brilliant builder on board straight away who really helped us through the process um and we learn as you can imagine every deal you learn so so much from everyone um and that one in in hindsight was probably one of our easiest ones surprisingly um and yeah something that we would definitely look look to do again um but yeah it yeah it was it was brilliant i loved it what that that's amazing sam and what what i love about you both is is especially on your social media i think anyone should go and follow you is how open you are because you've obviously put a post about sort of how much you spent on education and stuff like that which i think is massive for people to to know um how important was education to you because i know it, it, it's massive isn't it but how important was it to you Hundred percent. I think some sometimes. Well, my old mindset was like, oh, you know, you don't really like spending a lot of money on yourself and education, and it's you. You do become quite skeptical about it because there's lots of people out there selling you a dream. Um, but I honestly can say, without the education, we wouldn't be where we are today. Um, it a hundred percent gave us that platform, that base platform of unlocking all of those things in our mind of oh this is how you know how you structure a buy to let this is how you structure a business this is how you do a commercial to residential um this is how you can be you know raise creative finance and, and stuff like that it really blew our minds um however it only works if then you go out and take action um we met so many people on our courses that had done you know 
10, 10 courses and a mentorship and all this and they were still not had hadn't bought a first property yeah. and was sort of just stuck in absolute fear yeah. um and we were just like because obviously if you've seen our social media you know how much we spent on our education we were just like we can't just waste that money that is a lot of money to spend on ourselves and yeah. we've got to bloody make make use of that so we were just like we are going gung-ho um and and yeah took took massive action quite quickly so yeah and i think that's the key you, you educate yourself you take action you educate yourself you take action 100% and that money that you spend kind of holds you accountable doesn't it like you say you don't want to be spending that money and then thinking right let's just go sit on our arse or whatever you, you need to get 100%. to spend. yeah um but like you said again finding there's obviously the student aspect the student needs to whoever's if you're going to learn you need to be taking action but it's also the educator as well the educator needs to be the right one for you and it's and it's tough out there isn't it do you know what I mean? You could go and literally see someone and then pay them 10 grand, 15, 20 grand, whatever, and they could just be not the right person. But is there any advice that you would give to, to, to try and find the right educator? Yeah, and, and you've hit the nail on the head. It's finding the person that you align with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, since since we've done our property education, that platform is no longer existing. Um so you know we then went out to search for you know we'd already done the education but we still wanted something we still wanted to be part of a network yeah. um i won't badmouth anybody uh, but there was a few companies out there that is just sell 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 and we really turn off from that um so we are now part of a the the prosperity network um yeah. and really enjoy that network it's a real just no bullshit environment they say how it is uh they give you the up-to-date knowledge and advice and things like that uh there's obviously coaches and mentors within that and they cover a range of different topics of 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 conversation and strategies and there's just so much to their platform that we absolutely love um so yeah we're we're on there every single monday for their their webinars and uh they they do it quarterly quarterly networking events which we're actually going to on Saturday so uh yeah we absolutely love that network brilliant I was actually looking at joining that one myself I've heard nothing but good things about about prosperity to be fair yeah definitely uh, join up it's great I will do and I heard they do a good ball as well at the end of the year I believe oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I'm definitely looking at joining that one most definitely but so if you don't mind going into this then Sam, what are some of the biggest sort of mistakes you made? I know one of them sort of not investing yourself earlier, but it can't, it can't sometimes it can't be helped. You, you don't know what you don't know sometimes, but what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've made in property? Yeah, I mean, as I say, like you learn, you learn so much from every single deal that you make. Um, however, I think a couple of things are our biggest mistakes. One, not talking early enough and sort of, sort of getting that set up. Um, two, we were always taught to pay ourselves first. And I don't know if that's just something about my moral fiber, but I was like, no, I've got to reinvest, 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 reinvest. Like I've got these big goals in mind and like, I've got to, got to achieve them as soon as I can. Um, so we just, we still are bad at paying ourselves and everyone you know, you talk to about that about property investing is like, oh, you've got this many properties. Oh, you must be rich. And you're just like, actually, <laughs> quite the opposite. <laughs> because we have literally piled everything into this business. 
Um, so yeah, I think biggest mistake is probably not reaping the rewards enough. Yeah. Um, and because you can get so bogged down and burnt out by it, yeah. uh, cause it's just this constant, constant slog with very little reward along the way. Um, yeah. so that's something we're trying to get better at. And I don't know if that sounds really selfish as like a, an analogy, but, um, but yeah, I think you've got to look after yourself. Most definitely. Yeah. Through it. Yeah, most definitely you have. I've seen that and that's why I asked that question. I know rewarding yourself. It's it's hard because you're constantly thinking about, and it seems to be, I don't know about you, but it seems to be every project gets more expensive as they go on. Yes. So, <laughs> so yeah, but I, I knew that was the, I thought that would be your answer, but are you at a point now where you are sort of rewarding yourself after a project and stuff like that? Even if it's a little reward, it's, it helps, doesn't it? Yeah, we're starting to get better at it. Starting to. Um, even if it's just like, you know, cause we, we have got a little one. So, you know, our days are quite, you know, we go to work, we come back, we sort her out and then it's like firing up the laptop every single night, trying to do that sort of thing. We said to our friends and family a couple of years ago, you will not see us this year. We are hell bent in this business, unless it's a birthday or a wedding or something very important. We're not there. Um, and I think we've started to reward ourselves by going and seeing friends and family and having a bit of downtime as well as still working, working hard in the week and giving yeah. ourselves a little bit of time at the weekend to actually just enjoy, um, as well as obviously our money aspect too. So actually starting to pay ourselves a little bit of a wage out of the business. Um, but still, it comes to the sort of money aspect. I'm like, no, it's got to be reinvested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's it, isn't it? But it's a beautiful thing that you and Alan are both obviously aligned and obviously you can come back and there's not that bitterness that someone's going on the laptop doing work and you're both, you're both aligned with the same thing. It's, it's, it's nice, isn't it? It's, 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 it's got to be done, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. And it, it does help to have a partner in crime um, and someone that you can just bounce, bounce ideas off. Um, and for those that sort of don't have that or don't have a partner that that is in it with you, like getting that support and that network around you and a mentor and things like that. I mean, we have got mentors, too. Um, but having those people around you really helps because it just you've got to have that support. It's a very lonely world if you don't have a network around you. Um, yeah. so that's a, a big learning for us is, is get talking to people that do, do what you do. Um, and yeah, just get that support. Most definitely. Most definitely. And what I want, did want to touch on was, I know, um, obviously we said you got your first property for 37,000, but it did take you 34 offers, didn't it? To get there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, and again, it goes back to that point of people would love to get involved in property and they're just sort of scrolling through right move and things like that. But yeah, it takes a lot of offers because you're always trying to buy below market value. Um, so yeah, and we have been laughed out of many estate agents, uh, been told to F off many times. Um, but yeah, but you just got to keep on going. And I've, I've had to learn along the way to build a really thick skin to that. Um, and almost, build a bit of an alter ego so when I do go on those phone calls I'm already ready and primed for that laugh down the phone or that f off um but you know we're we're consistent with it you know we keep going we keep offering and estate agents sort of 
I don't know if they love or hate to receive our calls, to be honest. <laughs> but you just got to keep on going and, and do what you need to do. Yeah, well, that's it. And then in the next sort of, you know, in the next what, few months or, or years, I think that we're going to, even now, it's not as busy as it, as it was. They're probably loving your calls. You know, they want the viewings, the, they want they, they want sort of engagement and people to offer, um, even if it is very low. But obviously, you've done 30, 34 offers. If you've done 34 offers, you've probably done double the amount of viewing. So just to get that first deal, you don't offer on every single one. Maybe you are, but some that you go to and you think that needs that needs Jesus. It doesn't need me because it's that bad sort of thing. <laughs> Those are the ones I love, though. <laughs> the ones that are absolute grot holes. I love yeah. it. I love That's seeing it. the potential in the properties. 100%. So that would lead me on to the next question then, Sam. What what has been your, your favourite project? Oh, um, I probably the ones that we've got the most involved in. I love getting involved. I love DIY. I love smashing a house apart. Um, that's what I really, really love to do. Um, albeit, obviously, that's probably the most time-consuming bit. Um, so we did a flip uh, just north of Stoke. Um, and for that, we got really heavily involved um, and, yeah, smashed that place apart. Um, and it just, you know, just cures those little, just a little anger management, maybe, <laughs> within the dark side of Sam. Uh, just getting my sledgehammer out, my crowbar, and just smash him. And then yeah. that's when the builder could come in and like, right, make it pretty again, please. <laughs> <laughs> I love that bit myself. I love that bit myself. But it's just, when you get, I was speaking to someone earlier, and I was saying, well, once you get halfway through, you're just like, okay, we need the next one now. Let's get this out the way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's all. It's like going back to that that topic of of sources. Really, it's. I love doing you know pounding the streets, looking at the properties, and and doing the rip outs. But for speed, you know, as you say, it took us thirty seven offers to find our first one. Um, it takes a lot of time, um, whereas sources are obviously cutting down that time massively. So if we can do a bit of both, um, and get you know more angels on board, then that just catapults us even quicker. Most definitely. And one thing I would ask, obviously, when you aren't using sources, I imagine that a lot of the sources are doing off-market deals. Are you solely, are you strictly agents? So you obviously, I imagine you're trying to get off-market deals, but how, how have your ones come about? Have they always been estate agents? Have they ever been off-market if it wasn't a sourcer? Yeah, real mix. Um, again, uh, it's always best to sort of spread spread over the field um, because everyone goes to right move. Um so you're, you're instantly in competition. So it's good to try and find those creative avenues. Um, so we've done like a lot of leafleting, letters through the doors, um, using a land registry to find the right owner, post letters out. Um, probably the, the best one that I've had was uh, Facebook Marketplace, um, finding properties through that. Um, we found one of our HMOs through, through Facebook Marketplace um, and have now got you know, a landlord that wants to offload a property every year, every tax year. Um, so we've got a, a great in with him now, uh, offering us, you know, a, pro a property or two each year. So that's great. Um, you do have to kind of filter out. There are some agent agents in disguise on Facebook Marketplace. So you kind of have to filter them out. Um, but yeah, it's another creative, creative way of doing it. Um, and also I'm looking into becoming an EPC assessor uh as a as a way of you know trying to boost our, our property business um and also as a way of finding properties yeah 
I did see that. I seen that on your thing, and, and congratulations and best of luck with it. Um, yeah, it's 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 a good way, isn't it? And and like you say, that that one, the guy who's giving you one or two a year, that's brilliant. Obviously, some might not be for you, but you could always pass them in the right direction to a sorcerer and maybe split the fee. So it's 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 brilliant. Yeah. Um, and I think that's I think that's a good point to end on, Sam. But I, honestly, thank you for coming on. It's been absolutely great chatting to you. Your um your journey's been sort of incredible. So. Congratulations to you and Alan and sort of best of luck to the, the rest of 2024. No, thank you so much. And thank you for having me on. It's really been brilliant. No problem at all, Sam. Only thing I would say for anyone looking to maybe connect with you, invest or just have a nose at your profile, what, what's what's your best there? Uh, what's the best to catch you on? Yeah, so uh, probably best uh, is our Instagram page. So it's move and then the number two grow properties. Uh, so we're on there. Uh, I try, I'm trying to be rife on, on social media. So yeah, trying to put, put lots out there. So yeah, best place to get us is, a, is our Instagram. Brilliant. Well, I'm sure a few people will be following you from this episode. So again, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. And best of luck to you and Adam for this year. I oh, know. Thank you very much. And to you. Cheers.